Now, in just a moment, we're going to hear um, words from the Bible. So I'm going to ask that we join in prayer to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and really take in these words. So join in prayer wherever you feel comfortable, whether it be looking down, closing your eyes, or opening them. Almighty God, in you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Open our eyes so that we may see the wonders of your word. And give us grace so that we may clearly understand and freely choose the way of your wisdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture is from Malachi, the last chapter of the Old Testament. Chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Malachi, bringing it this morning. <laughs> uh, so, over the past four weeks, we've been going through a season on stewardship, about being caretakers of all the things that God has given to us, and how we trust God to provide when we live generously, like our God is generously uh, is generous. And this morning, I want to finish our series by talking about money. <laughs> and at this moment, my stomach, I'm sure some of yours just kind of like wretched up in you, right? <laughs> but uh, for the few that have decided to now skip out, I've placed our security team at each one of our <laughs> doors here. Um, we don't have a security team, what am I talking about? Uh, but anyway, I wanted some comedic relief because talking about this come, come with some mixed emotions. Because 
We really work hard to put that food on our table, to pay off debt, and to provide for those in our life. And in this conversation, when we bring up money in church, this can come with shame and guilt and anxiety and maybe even some defensiveness. But it's because money means something and has weight to it in our life, that's exactly why we're going to talk about it. Because constructively, I think learning about money can help nourish us as God's children and the ways we seek to follow Jesus and bring a sense of freedom from that guilt and shame and comfort because we have some foundation and both joy and peace because we're experiencing growth and finding a unique expression of generosity in our life. And I'll put this last caveat or condition upon this, that we are all on a journey together. I'm your leader, yes, but I'm also a disciple striving to learn how to follow Jesus, trying to learn what it looks like to be faithful in everything. And so I'll offer what wisdom that I have, not pretending to have all the answers, but in hopes that this is one point on our journey together of learning and growth As we dive in, I want to frame our time with three questions. Why do we give money? How should we and how much? And what shall we give money to? So first, why? Last week, we we looked at the wealth of all God has given us and how we are motivated then to make a response and part, some of those responses are gratitude. The first one we mentioned as a principle of cultivating a life of stewardship, gratitude. Gratitude for showing appreciation back to God for what God has given us. Because God loves us. God loves us just as we are, and even at our worst, even when we're clothed in the rags of our own filth, God moves toward us with love to bring us close and clean us up and make us new. And so for that goodness, we give back a portion of what we have for the wealth of riches that God has showered upon us. Another reason is witness. We cultivate a life of generosity because of witness. Generosity is not just an expression of love that says, thank you, God, but it's a witness of who we believe God is. Our God cares for and loves all people, but has this particular concern for the lowly, the poor and the powerless, the orphan and the widow, the refugee and the outcast. And so our responsibility as God's people is to be a bold witness of God's love that shows other people who God truly is. But a third reason why we live generously is trust. Think for a second on all the ways you put your trust, all the, all the people and things you put your trust in when it comes to money. Maybe you make calculated investments with your financial portfolio because you trust your knowledge in the market or your financial advisor or because you think you've discovered something great on Google. And you trust that this increase of wealth and it will add some security or benefit 
or value to your life. Another way, maybe you purchase a gym membership or buy healthy produce or invest in a healthy lifestyle as a way of, of trusting that these things will produce some health for you in the present and the future. In other ways, we each perhaps have spent money on education, believing that getting an education will benefit, benefit us and put us into a place that really brings us joy or helps level us up in life. Or maybe, lastly, we pour some donations into local nonprofits or businesses, hoping that they benefit the common good of all. So I guess what I'm saying is that how we use our money is an expression of, of trust. And I believe that God is in all those things, all those decisions I mentioned, because God calls us to make wise decisions with money or how we care for the well-being of others or ourselves or the common good. But why is it important to trust God with finances? And I believe that stepping back and planning our finances from a framework of faith is important both for our growth and for the flourishing of the world. In order to think about this, I want to use the example from our passage uh, that we heard this morning from Malachi. Malachi is this prophet speaking the things of God to God's people. Malachi is writing about 400 years before the life of Jesus. And Malachi is speaking to the God's people, people God loves, people Israel. And Israel, per usual, has gotten off track in this moment, veering off course. And contrary to what God commanded, they've stopped caring for the poor, the widow and the orphan. They've begun to worship other gods, and they no longer give money as a practice of worshiping God. Things were crazy, so to speak. So Malachi comes and speaks on behalf of God. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you are not already utterly destroyed, because my mercy endures forever. Return to me, says the Lord. Come, and I will forgive you. God's longing love on display here. And then God plays out this hypothetical conversation between God and Israel. You people, Israel, will say, oh no, we've never gone astray. Well, if you people don't think you've gone astray, Israel, then let me ask you, will someone who really loves me also rob me? Surely not. And yet you, Israel, have robbed me. What? We haven't robbed you, God. But you have robbed me of the tithes and offerings due me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be food enough in my temple. And if you do, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it all in. Try it. Test me. Let me prove it to you. Your crops will be large, for I will guard them against insects. Your grapes won't shrivel before you pick them. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land sparkling with happiness. These are the promises I have for you, says God. Now take a step back with me, 
Because right now, if we take a certain perspective and track with this interpretation, we can go horribly into the road of the prosperity gospel. (laughs) The false gospel that preaches and teaches that give your money and trust to the Lord, and he will provide every blessing, and you will be rich. Which is horrible, and is no bearing in the book that we love, and the message of Jesus Christ that we believe in. We do not believe in God and give to God in order to grow materially. We give to grow in God spiritually and experience his invisible yet powerful grace. Think about this. Israel is a nation, a very small nation, and in comparison to the larger empires that previously captured them and destroyed their cities, they are a weak and materially poor nation. They're like a goldfish in the ocean of much larger predators, so to speak. And in a lot of ways, it might be easier for them to swim with the sharks and try to look like sharks in hopes that they do not get eaten. And that's what they tried to do. Their hearts trusting in military plans or economic plans or religious plans of other nations, puffing themselves up to look like sharks. But they were still goldfish. But a goldfish that God promised to care for, and wanted to care for, if they would just trust him. God wants them to place their hearts in him and grow in their trust for him for what God can provide. A storehouse that that is filled to the brim and overflowing. He wants them to trust that by being a nation that cares for the needs of all, especially the lowly, that they will prosper as a nation among other nations. And I think this is a message for us. There are so many competing narratives in life about what to trust in and how to trust in what will really make us happy and rich and safe and secure and help us live our best life now. We need to first take a step back and approach money from a framework of faith that sees everything from a vision of of God's own eyes. Because God sees how certain things can hold a power to devour us or enslave us or be undoing or at the very least prevent us from truly flourishing. Instead, God invites us to trust, invites us to a place Why do we give? Why do we give? As an act of trust to grow in God and see how God not only preserves us, but how God, when we put our finances or our vision of the budget in his hands, that God will provide something good for all and enrich more than we could ever ask or imagine. Second question that I wanted to think about is how much? In scripture, trusting in God with finances looks like two things, tithes and offerings. But I think sometimes I've, I've been a little fuzzy on this. A tithe, tithe, when we use this language, is, a financial, uh, is financial giving where somebody prayerfully calculates a percentage, certain percentage of income to systematically give to God. And typically it's to the home congregation of God's people. So it's a consistent financial gift. An offering 
happens when God leads you to give over and above that, giving to support a special project or ministry or something going on, when God moves your heart. The biblical picture um, and guideline is, is 10% for um, tithe off the annual, either gross or net, I don't think it really matters, uh, income. And I believe that's something uh, that we are to strive for as God's people. But I also believe that it's a prayerful conversation before anything else with God, because we're in different spots. I'll share this with you. For me, I've personally come a long way, and I'm striving to continually grow in this. For a really long time, from like when I was in college, through seminary, and even to time being here, I really struggled to give in, uh, frequently. Not because I didn't want to, but just because I never really made the space for it. I forgot to go to the bank, or I forgot my checkbook, because after all, I'm a millennial. <laughs> you know, the struggle is real <laughs> and ongoing, people. Um, it was the case up until a few years ago, and then I really feel like I needed to take a step and of trust where I was in my personal faith journey. And so I signed up for online giving here, and it, it really thoroughly changed me and how giving has been in my life. And no longer am I, like, guilt-ridden because now I'm consistent with something. And also, I didn't start at 10%. I started where I could, and I'm striving to make incremental steps toward that goal because I prayerfully thought that is where I want to be and I believe God wants me to be. But, but the question I want to ask you is, what does that look like for you? Because we're all different. What is the way for you to step back and offer your heart up to God when it comes to this? Allowing God to shape it. Because let's be honest, uh, you don't just get up one day and say, huh, I'm feeling cute, I might run a marathon, <laughs> right? No, especially if you haven't been running before. You get to running a marathon by running one mile, and then two, and then three. And maybe you were only meant to run half marathons. <laughs> and some of us among us might be marathon runners, so to speak. Others haven't even put on our shoes yet. But if you're following Jesus and, and thinking that this is something that should be a part of your life, I invite you to think about these two steps. The first step is to have grace for yourself, for where you're at. And I invite you to go home after this because I don't want you to feel guilty. God never wants us to, to guilt us. Go home and have grace and be kind to yourself for where you are financially. And think of all the ways in which you have been generous because you are a generous people and I've seen that. And it is beautiful to see the ways you are a generous people. So have grace for yourself and celebrate the history. But secondly, I invite you to prayer, to pray for how the Spirit might direct you. And so I invite you to, to offer maybe this prayer. God, help me to see how money is more than just paying bills. Open my eyes to see money as you see it, and give me the desire to prioritize and use money in ways that you might be directing me in my life right now. And then be silent, because in a conversation, you have to listen, right? And so prayer is also listening for God. And then do it again, and pray as you make a budget for a week or month or year, when you fill out a pledge card, 
or when you have to make some really big decision. Pray. Pray so that catching a God-sized vision of money is not a once-a-year kind of thing, but something that becomes a part of who you are. And again, I don't know what this looks like for you, but I hope it challenges you to trust God and can invite you to see what God is doing all around you. I promise you won't be disappointed. Lastly, just a word about what we as individuals give money to. Scripture talks about like giving to a local congregation and also to other things. And I wanted to say this on behalf of uh, you know, leadership here at Linwood, is that here at Linwood, I don't wanna say that we're ever perfect, but I want to say that we are striving to be faithful in all that we do. And I believe we are faithful in a lot of ways, like joining together here for worship and allowing the full gifts of the community to come together, like investing in young leaders and seeing them grow, by reflecting on meaningful conversations like we did in our process of discernment and figuring out how to welcome all people, by striving to offer faith formation opportunities and to grow in a number of ways in Christ, and also by supporting local organizations that are about spreading the mercy and justice of God. We're not perfect here at Linwood, but we're striving to be faithful to Jesus, and I give you that promise as your pastor. But beyond that, giving to to Linwood, as you feel led, I would say you should give to people and all causes and organizations that you believe in the heart, your heart of hearts advances God's work. And that could be churchy things, and that could be women's shelters, or justice advocacy groups, or music programs, or animal shelters, or any number of things. But in all that you do, I pray that you're placing your heart in God's hands to see what God can do. Let's pray. Lord our God, between the words that I have spoken and the words that have been heard this morning, may your Holy Spirit be powerfully present. In Jesus' name, amen.